G'day, it's uh, just started to hail, actually. <laughs> so you can probably hear that in the background. Um, my name's Eero. This is my podcast called Imperial Rebel Law Podcast. And this is episode 28, where I'm talking about hmm, the coronavirus and solo wargaming. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for The Imperial Orc Podcast. I live in Australia, more specifically Victoria of Australia, which is one of the southern states. And we've been hit the hardest throughout Australia with the coronavirus pandemic um, cases um, it seemed to be just on the rise. Um, the other day we had a, um, a record of 723 cases overnight. Um, now, you know, like there's other cases going through Australia as well. Um, like I think New South Wales are sort of up there as well, but not quite as much as what we're, we're showing. So it's scary times, people. It is, um, it's concerning times. It's time to, you know what, just put on a mask and um, do the right thing as far as I'm concerned. I won't rant and rave too much on this podcast because I like to keep this pretty lighthearted. But um, needless to say, there's some people out there not doing the right thing. And that I can't, you know, it gets my goat because it's not, it's really not hard to put on a mask, keep your distance, wash your hands, all that kind of thing. But anyway, I think the majority of people are doing the right thing. And we're also seeing a lot of the cases of uh, coronavirus um, being turned around. So people are recovering. So for me and my family, even though it's a scary time, me and my family, we're focusing on the positives as much as possible. All the kids are home to do their schooling at home. I'm still able to go out to work because... um, 99% 99% of my clientele, I'm a gardener, 99% of my clientele come under the care sector. So people with disabilities, elderly people, people that you know basically can't do a lot for themselves but still live independently. So I'm very lucky and uh, you know, and I'm just, as I go along, I'm just trying to teach some of my clients that, you know, because uh, some of them are a little bit naive to what's going on, I suppose, or, or maybe just not understanding what's going on. So I'm just trying to help them in that regard as well, as well as uh, making sure their gardens look superb. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so what I wanted to talk about in episode 28 of this podcast is given the state of not just Australia, of course, but the world, there's, there's, there's cases all over the world, as we know, and a lot of deaths and a lot of tragedy. Um, to try and stay positive, to try and go, right, how can I get through isolation? How can I get through these hard times? Then, as I say, definitely focus on positives, things like family, friends, um, staying connected. And we live in a world where we can do FaceTime, we can do WhatsApp, we can do Zoom and Skype and all these things. So we can still stay connected. And it is the next best thing to actually seeing your buddy and putting your arm around him or, or uh, you know, giving your mum a kiss on the cheek or whatever. Um, so in these times, we've got to stay positive. It's it's vital, actually, for all our mental health that we stay positive. So as well as hanging out with the family, as well as, um, you know, uh, watching a movie with the kids or playing a game of cards or Uno or whatever, building a Lego house, um, I think for us war gamers or hobbyists, Getting stuck into the hobby is a massive, massive plus. So, now don't get me wrong, I'm not looking forward to the fact that I might be in isolation. Uh, but what I, the, the, the positive, and I'm very much a person who takes a positive out of a negative, a positive for me 
personally is that yes i might be able to dedicate some more time to the hobby and that's you know that's kind of cool lonely i'm mr lonely i have nobody to call my own i'm a soldier a lonely soldier so as well as getting stuck into yeah some some hobby time and trying to tick off some of these projects that are lingering uh, looming and uh, you know s sitting around collecting dust um <laughs> i'm actually going to do some solo war gaming as in all by myself so you know just me some toy soldiers some die some a gaming mat and some terrain and uh, a set of rules and see how it go now of course i'm not the first one to ever do this um <laughs> there's plenty of people all over the world for many many years that have done solo war gaming and i think out of necessity out of that just going i need to play a game but i don't have any friends to play with or i'm not a part of any club or i live in a place where there's like i live in antarctica on some kind of science um, research base where it's just me a dog and some other guy who is a complete drunkard you know who knows <laughs> who knows who knows the situation where you find yourself playing a game by yourself but i've only done it oh i've done it twice before most notably um last new year's eve the family were they basically just left me to my own devices i think the wife was working and i think the kids were out doing something um so it was me and the youngest child actually but she'd gone to bed at about nine so i cracked open a few beers and uh spread out the the gaming mat and set up my troops and and some orcs and and had a bit of a battle and it was you know what it was actually quite fun i was surprised how fun it was i was kind of in two minds should i do it is it going to be any fun like and then the big plus was obviously well i know i'm gonna win <laughs> and also lose in the mid 80s my dad taught me how to play chess and i fell in love with the game absolutely fell in love with it still love it today i uh, just can't find any decent um opponents um <laughs> no actually i tell a lie my father-in-law is a um well he's sort of my father-in-law he's my uh, long story but he's a family friend no He's a family member. <laughs> I might just start this again. Uh, okay, what he is, is he's my wife's technically stepdad who married my mother-in-law two years ago. Okay, he's that guy. <laughs> anyway, he's a nice guy. Anyway, he's a great chess player. So, yes, we when we get together, we'll have a game of chess. In fact, actually, over Christmas, he came over and I didn't have a chess set, and I still need to get one, actually, um, a really nice one. Um, but what we used was my Imperial Guard, where I've painted my Imperial Guard. Some of them have got, like, I've got, like, a squad of 10 with a blue shoulder pad, another 10 with a red shoulder pad. So we played, you know, he was red, I was blue. And it was really, really cool to do it that way. But anyway, so Dad taught me to play chess, loved it, played it with him over and over and over and over again, played my sisters, played my mum, you know, just was obsessed with it. Then in the early 90s, um, a friend of the family, I was playing with him and he bought a chess pal. Now, those of you old enough to remember or, you know, uh, may have played chess, um, you could buy this 
essentially what was a chessboard and the chess pieces, but it was all electronic. So you could play your opponent, no problem, or you could play the AI, the artificial intelligence inside the chessboard. What was cool about it was that you could set it to easy, medium, hard. So of course, you know, I jumped straight in the deep end and put it on hard and got my ass kicked by the computer over and over again. And then I stepped down to medium and still got my ass kicked. So then I stepped it down to easy and it was still actually a tough slog, but I was it was probably a 50-50 sort of scenario where I'd, sometimes I'd win, sometimes the computer would win, sometimes I'd smash the keyboard, uh, smash the chessboard. <laughs> Nah, um, but it was a cool thing, and I remember he gave it to me after after a couple of years. He said, "Yeah, no, I don't play it anymore. So here you go, you have it." And I was I was uh, I was obsessed with it. I just played it incessantly. Like as soon as I was home from school, I was straight onto it and play three or four games. Um, you know, before bed at night, I'd I'd play a couple of games, and or or what you could do was cool, which was cool was that you could basically pause it by just turning it off, and then when you turn it back on, it would remember the last game. So pretty, you know, pretty intelligent uh, AI, I suppose, for its day. And I guess that sort of, yeah, that always sort of sat with me as like, well, yeah, you can you can play games by yourself quite, and obviously things like solitaire as well, which I used to do at school when I was meant to be learning. Um, but, you know, yeah, solo games are cool and can be a lot of fun. All by myself. Shut up, man, with the sad singing. I'm trying to record a bloody podcast here, buddy. What I've got my sights set on as far as a, a rule set, a gaming system, um, is actually Bolt Action version 2. Um, yeah, I definitely want to give that a good read through and, uh, and you know, just maybe start small but aim high. So have 10 of my Aussie dudes against... I don't know, um, 10 Japanese or 10 Soviets or 10 Germans or something like that and just do a little mini skirmish game, a little bit of terrain and just see how it go. You know, I think most gamers probably start like that. I've also, now this is a bit of a reveal, um, not that it's really that important, but I've, I've sort of been tinkering away on my own set of rules. Um, a couple of months ago, I typed in really, really, this is exactly what I wrote into Google, right? Really basic wargaming rules. <laughs> and I got a document and it's, yeah, it's actually, it's actually, well, it's really straightforward, nice and easy to use and understand. But I want to, I've been sort of developing it, tweaking it here and there um, to suit my own kind of bloodthirsty nature. So there'll be some test playing of that as well. I haven't got a name for this set of rules or anything yet. Um, but yeah, it's it's really straightforward and it's, you know, just roll this to move, roll this to shoot, roll this to uh, melee, roll this to hide, you know, like it, yeah, it's all very, very straightforward, but I just want to incorporate some special rules in, into it for some special characters and all that kind of thing. And I want to make it kind of, um, as much as I can, make it fairly flexible fairly you know like so i can use it for use the same set of rules for world war ii or um uh ink 28 or uh you know massive napoleonic campaigns <laughs> it's the imperial rebel Org podcast us war gamers and hobbyists we're a uh not me but a lot of us are innovative very innovative. Um, from what I've seen online, doing a little bit of research for this episode, is that people are approaching 
tabletop wargaming in the current climate and the current situation with the COVID um, in a, all manner of ways from doing their own solo wargaming and documenting it and, and sharing it on YouTube or on their blog and things like that to doing like a Zoom, so doing a Skype sort of setup where they talk to each other. Um, they might have a cam the camera angle down on the playing field and player A has the same setup as player B. And if one of the players doesn't have, you know, the right army, then they'll use chips or counters or, you know, something of that description to represent the army. And I think that's really cool. I think, I think the game would uh, by default take a lot longer but I really admire the, the forethought I really admire the th they're going you know what this is the situation but screw this situation we're still going to play our game and I, yeah I don't know I reckon that's I reckon that shows us a, a sign of of determination and spirit and I like that other people that I've seen on blogs and things like that have uh, have done it via email so have sort of emailed their move to their, their friend overseas or in the next town and gone, I've just done this, this, this. It's your move, sir. And there's tabletop simulators. Now, <laughs> you might, might sort of just think, isn't that just a video game? And aren't we adverse to video games being, you know, um, we enjoy the more tangible things? But I think, I think, you know, with, with the current situation, I think a tabletop wargaming simulator is actually a really cool idea. So you can, you can have a fast-paced game um, with your opponent, wherever he or she may be, um, on this three-dimensional board um, on your phone, for example. Download the app and you can play these games together. And yeah, that's that's kind of magic. So it's sort of, I guess, in a way, it sort of combines um, tabletop wargaming with video games. And look, I mean, I'm old school, so I'd much prefer to be doing it the other ways, like as far as um, uh, online or Zoom or whatever, and having my little soldiers out to play with. Because <laughs> let's face it, we're all big kids and just want to manhandle our little toys. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I think the simulator thing is actually really cool as well, though. My mate Big Was, who was on the show a couple of episodes ago, um, he and I, we played Invasion Normandy online. We haven't done it for a while. But that was a lot of fun. And that was essentially just a map, you know, and he's got his troops. I always made him be the Germans. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> um, and, yeah, you've got your different units. You've got bazookas. You've got tanks and stuff as well. And you're on this, like, kind of map, and you can right-click to say, okay, um, drop some smoke and then ambush. Or you can, you know, run or um, shoot or whatever. Whatever the the command is, you know. And that that's, I guess, in a way like a tabletop war game simulator, you know, as well. But it's just a bird's eye view. But you still hear all the guns and commotion and the screams sometimes as well, which is pretty horrific, but, you know, that's war. Um, and that was a lot of fun. So I think, you know, uh, we, we sort of attempted last time, but I screwed up the download of it or I don't know, I can't remember. So we might have to try that again, I reckon, because it, it is a lot of fun. Um, and I'm determined because he, I know the way he plays and he knows the way I play. He is much of more of a, what would you say, like a, I don't want to be, uh, you know, disrespectful. So I'll use the word, he's much more of a safer player. <laughs> uh, I'm just using safer 
because that's a safer word to use on this podcast. Um, really, I think he's a bloody sook. Nah. <laughs> um, but me, I'm an idiot. So, like, <laughs> I'll just charge my men. Like, I'll just go, yep, let's just charge every time. And also, the difference is he's very, very patient and I'm very impatient. <laughs> I just want to get stuck in and, like, you know, do as much damage as possible. Um, whereas he, yeah, he is quite happy to wait and ambush me and wait for me to move so that he can blast the crap out of me with his mortars or something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, I've slowly learned over time that I uh, I need to show a bit of patience as well. But then you know what? We'll sit there for bloody, knowing him, we'll sit there for four hours and nothing would have happened. And he would just be quite sitting, sitting there quite happy, smiling to himself. But uh, oh, the other thing, the other massive difference as well, is that he doesn't want to lose a single man, whereas I'm just all about the victory. As long as I win, I don't care how many men I lose, <laughs> which is, I guess, my my tactical brain is more set for like World War One, and his tactical brain is more set for now. You know, like I, he doesn't want to, he'd rather use a drone to wipe out my army than risk a single man's life. Whereas I'm like, I don't care. Like it's meat to the grinder. I'll send all my troops in just to kill one sniper. No problem. This General Eero is a goddamn maniac, I'm telling y'all. He just sent 400 men to their death to just take out one enemy sniper. I say we get rid of him ASAP. I have a question for you, good people listening to this podcast. I asked it on my uh, blog. I haven't asked it on Instagram because it might start World War Three. Um, you know, just given the nature of Instagram, people get pretty fired up. But I have a yeah. It's a serious question. All jokes aside, as you know, if you listened to the last episode or the last couple of episodes, I'm getting stuck into bolt action. And what I'd like to know is, is it okay to paint swastikas? on your little troops or some flags or on the vehicles, whatever. Now, I posed this question on the blog uh, just last night and had quite a response, a good response. And um, most people were sort of saying that, look, it's not the end of the world. If you do it sparingly, obviously your actual political beliefs aren't anywhere near <laughs> what the Nazi regime was. Um, so it's okay it, for the sake of being historically correct. Now, I've got to be honest, I I know in myself I would cringe painting little swastika armbands or, or a flag or whatever. Um, I'd be cringing. I'd be, and I wouldn't feel like particularly proud to photograph them and show them on Instagram or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I, I would be like, oh, here they are. But I kind of am leaning towards doing it still. Um, but I'd love to hear what you guys think. Um, I'm sort of, I guess I'm still sort of on the fence a little bit with it. Um, but I'm probably at this stage going to go down the path of doing it, but sparingly, only maybe a few just to sort of represent. Um, and yeah, probably won't even go crazy with photographing them and all that kind of thing and making a big deal out of it. Um, maybe it's a non-issue. Maybe I'm overthinking. Maybe in this day and age, we, sh we should sort of go, well, you know, it, it's the past. It happened. Um, and, you know, not be as sensitive to it. But I, yeah, call me Mr. Sensitive. But <laughs> I don't know. I think 
it is something to be thoughtful of, in my opinion. I mean, because I mean, I wasn't I wasn't affected by it, and and neither was my family background. But there are lots of people that would be. So I don't know. Is it disrespectful to them? Is it disrespectful to to what happened, or is it simply me documenting um, what did happen and not shying away from it and going, yeah, there there was some bad shit that went down. Um, but yeah, I hope you understand my, my question. Um, and I hope you understand where I'm coming from. And uh, yeah, let me know. So email me imperialrebelork at gmail.com or you can also email me for any other reason. Um, you can find my blog, which is imperialrebelork.wordpress.com or just type in imperialrebelork into Google and you'll find it. Um, and of course on the, on the Instagram, which is uh, imperialrebelork as well. Uh, that's it for me, guys guys. That's it for episode 28. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, a short one this time, but you know, good, big, good things come in short package, small packages, as they say. <laughs> uh, it's been a blast. I've enjoyed it. Stay safe, people. Uh, I implore you to wear a mask and, um, you know, play it safe as houses if you can, but each to their own. But, you know, we got to look after ourselves. We've also got to look after our family. And we've also got to look after those people that may not be able to look after themselves very well. Um, so just be mindful that whatever you think about your rights and all that kind of thing, um, you could possibly be hurting somebody else. And I think that's enough for me, at least, to go... It doesn't matter. I'll just wear a mask. But anyway, I'm trying not to <laughs> be too political, um, not to rant. But yeah, just be good to yourselves and be good to each other. And I'll see you on episode 29. Cheers, guys. You've been listening to The Imperial Rattle Podcast.